I'm your host, Annie Bowles, and this is News Du Jour. Hey, you guys, happy Monday, but more importantly, happy MLK Day. Um, I hope if you are off or even if you're not, that you can spend a little time today reflecting on this man, his impact, his legacy. Um, He's so huge that it's just so hard to imagine what our world would really look like here in America without him. So, Let's not forget the importance and significance of this day rather than just another day off, right? Also, I wanted to give you guys a quick update before we jump into the rest of the news for the day and like longer stories that cloth masks are no longer really seen as enough for the Omicron variant. As we all know by now, Omicron is the most contagious version of the coronavirus that we have seen thus far. And while cloth masks do help, they're better than nothing, the CDC has come out in saying that they're not enough to protect from this highly contagious variant. N95s are really the best way to stay safe, especially if you're in like a really more like serious compact situation like on an airplane or something like that. I can say from our trip to New Orleans, where none of us got coronavirus, we all used N95 masks pretty aggressively and definitely on the airplane. So I think that probably helped us stay safe. So just wanted to keep you guys up to date on all the latest protocol and all the reasoning behind it. As always, let me know if you guys have questions that I can look into for you. That's what I'm here for. So next up, obviously, we need to talk about the synagogue hostages. So that is the number one story we're going to be going over today. By now, you've likely heard the news. A British man held four hostages in a synagogue for over 10 hours in Colleyville, Texas, which is really close to Dallas. Crimes against the Jewish community have been on the rise nationwide, and this is not something that any of us should be taking lightly. That said, there was certainly more to this particular story, and that's because this man's motivations were as much political, maybe even internationally political, as they were religious. He was demanding, in exchange for the hostages, the release of a young woman named Afia Siddiqui from federal prison. You see, she is currently in prison there in Texas, federal prison. She's a neuroscientist who is suspected of having ties to Al-Qaeda. The identity of the man who held the hostages was released as being Malik Faisal Akram. What we, we don't know much about him, but what we do know about him is that he was a British citizen 
and that he was killed by the FBI in the rescue of all the hostages. Like I said, all hostages were recovered safely, thank goodness, from the synagogue, none even needing medical attention. There was a Facebook live stream of the synagogue services going on when all of this began. And this man could be heard on that Facebook live stream ranting loudly about religion before the live stream eventually cut out. In this rant, the man repeatedly referred to Siddiqui as his quote-unquote sister, but it has been confirmed that Siddiqui's actual brother was not involved in any way, shape, or form. So the term may have been just used to describe a very close friendship or maybe a sister in their faith, potentially. He also would burst into spontaneous laughter from time to time while holding everyone up. So those who witnessed it said that it was pretty clear that he was experiencing mental distress of some sort. CARE, which stands for the Council on American Islamic Relations, put out a statement reading, quote, We strongly condemn the hostage-taking at Congregation Beth Israel in Colleyville, Texas. This latest anti-Semitic attack at the House of Worship is an unacceptable act of evil, end quote. There have been many different groups who have tried to free this woman from prison, including the Pakistani government and even a man from Ohio who's now serving 22 years in prison for his efforts to free her. It seems that many people think that she is falsely accused. Siddiqui is also currently serving 86 years in prison for assaulting and killing U.S. Army officers. And it was at this point that potential correlations were drawn between Siddiqui and Al-Qaeda. Right now, they do not believe that there is any additional threat against Texans or Jews, specifically in relationship to Siddiqui. But that said, it seems there are a lot of people who are really motivated to secure her release. So this is certainly thrusting her case into the spotlight. The FBI has assured the public that they will be looking into Akram's affiliations, connections, and deeper motivations behind this act of violence in order to assess any ongoing threat. It has been confirmed that the FBI is involving foreign governments in this conversation about who Akram is and who he is potentially connected to. Luckily, this awful situation ended about as peacefully as it could be expected to and has served as a chance to highlight a wonderful rabbi and congregation that he's building deep in the heart of Texas. He said publicly, quote, I am thankful and filled with appreciation for all of the vigils and prayers and love and support, all of the law enforcement and first responders who cared for us, all of the security training that helped save us. I am grateful that we made it out. I'm grateful to be alive, end quote. 
so grateful that everyone is physically safe at least and I hope that this congregation can heal from the trauma of this tragedy. Prayers up for all those involved. And for our second and final story for today, all the tennis drama going down in Australia. So there's been a lot of tennis-related drama going down in the land down under. I'm going to try to break it down for you guys the best that I can. As you all know, sports are not my strong suit, but here we are diving right in. And to be honest, this particular story and issue has a lot more to do with COVID, politics, and immigration than it does anything else. Let's dive in. So it seems that throughout the end of 2021, this Serbian tennis player named Novak Djokovic tested positive for coronavirus, but he kind of ran around spreading it like it was no big deal. He held tennis tournaments, did photo shoots, and attended basketball games, leaving behind him a string of positive test results for others. This is so irresponsible, even with vaccines being really common these days. But he was trying to go to the Australian Open to play. He's a really uh, talented tennis player. But they have a vaccine policy that everyone has to be vaccinated in order to play in the Australian Open or be able to prove a legitimate medical reason for not being able to take the vaccine. Djokovic is unvaccinated, but it seems that he was initially able to secure a medical exemption and was happy about that. He boarded a flight to Australia after posting about it to social media, and during his flight, the Australian people started speaking up about it. They were not happy about him coming unvaccinated to their country, and once he landed there, There was a ton of back and forth about this in the court system, trying to decide whether or not he should be allowed to stay and play. What exactly his medical exemption was, was never actually like put out to the public. So no one even knows like if that was even legitimate. Um, You have to assume that it was, but at the same time, we don't have any more information on that. Eventually, it was discovered that he'd actually also lied on his immigration papers about different things, such as having traveled to other countries in the past two weeks, etc. It turns out he said no, he hadn't, but he had been in Spain, and there were pictures, again, on his social media about this. So just remember, guys, you leave a footprint when you post things. So it did not look good for him, and in the end... Australia opted to send him home. Djokovic boarded a flight out of Melbourne Airport to Dubai following this announcement. He did make his own public announcement and seemed pretty respectful about it in the end. And hopefully next time he will do his due diligence before just assuming he can break the rules and get away with it. And that is the news du jour. Today, I wanted to leave you guys with the quote. It's an MLK quote, of course. Our lives begin to end when we become silent about the things that matter.
If you enjoyed this episode, please consider becoming a patron of our podcast. For $7.99 a month, you can unlock tons of perks like breaking news text messages so that you're never out of the loop. Tons of bonus episodes are already up there ready for you to binge and a discussion board full of networking opportunities and much more. Go to www.patreon.com forward slash sugar-free media today to become a patron. This is the best way to support our show. Our patrons make news du jour possible. But a couple other ways to support our podcast are rate and review on whatever podcast platform you use to listen, share on your social media, you have influence, tell your friends, family, and colleagues that you love news du jour and why you listen. You can also follow us on social media under sugarfreemedia.co on Instagram, just sugarfreemedia, all one word on TikTok, and sugarfree underscore media on Twitter. We also have a weekend newsletter called Dreamers Digest that's full of dreamy content recommendations for your weekend and a life update from yours truly. Sign up today on our website, www.sugarfreemedia.co. Our music is by Joey Lavoy and Nicholas Foster. Our cover art is by Hannah Pierce Photography. Our Sugar Free Media logo is by Katherine Jezik Designs. Any twinkling or little footsteps you might hear in the background are by my dog, Rhett. He's a rescue pup and always records with me. We appreciate you listening and look forward to telling you about the news again next time on News Du Jour. Broadcasting from... Oh. Oh.